Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. All right. Happy Saturday to everyone out. Saturday. Happy Saturday to everyone out in Fish 
podcast land. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast on tour live coming at you. My name is Brian Brinkman. I'm here with Jonathan Hart. We are hanging out on this great Saturday morning. Really excited to dive into... I don't want to get so hyperbolic in the first couple seconds of this show. Just We're only 34 keep it simple seconds to in. say a pretty good show. I, I want to say a fascinating show. Sure. Fascinating's fine. It's yep, not like fascinating moments. Now, by the end of this, we're going to be ranting. We might be yeah. ranting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking shirts off. It's going to get <laughs> wild because this show is, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. This was the uh, second night in Mexico, 2-25-2022, also known as the second show of Fish 2022. And uh, we're going to break it down for you here today. We're going to dive into kind of larger thematic points, what we're hearing from the band just two shows into the year, our favorite moments. We're going to kind of take it song by song. What did we hear? There were a lot of really good songs played last night, some really cool song selections a lot of moments where I was like, huh, I didn't expect that. And then it turned out to be excellent. And a lot of patient, thoughtful, introspective jamming. Um, so I'm yeah. I'm very excited to dive into this. Me too. That was um, a lot of fun last night and this morning watching. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's a lot. I have a lot to say, probably. Likewise. Maybe the same <laughs> word over and over again. I'm just going to say, yep, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yep, it was great. That was awesome. Yep, that was, was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty oh, good. It was I like when that yeah, happened. Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay, yeah, that's, we're done. Good night, everybody. That's it. See ya. It was a great show. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we jump into the show here, we have just a couple of points of business at hand. The first of which um, I want to tell you all that if you have not yet, please subscribe to Osiris Media on um, Apple Podcasts. It is the best way that you can support what we are doing here, and it is the best way for you to get two things that are really cool right now with more things to come. But the two things right now are, number one, ad-free podcasts. If you don't want to hear us blabbering on about our favorite companies that we love that support us, you can go to Osiris Media on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe there. $4.99 a month, no ads for you in terms of all your content. The second thing is we're putting a bunch of bonus material up there. We've put a bunch of past great Under the Scales episodes. We've put some uh, bonus Undermine episodes. We put our first uh, in a long time, but first as this universe has allowed it uh hf pod premium episode up there so a lot more to come we're going to be doing some amas we're going to be starting to plan out some live events here for this summer we've got a few already in the works so that's where you're going to get all your information all your extra content so osiris media on apple Podcasts, we greatly greatly appreciate it um the other thing before we do a quick ad read here, Jonathan, you have some news for us, don't you? You you and the Broke Down podcast, you oh, still yeah. are doing this fun little dance, aren't you? So Broke Down Pod, um, if in case anybody wonders, uh, it still exists. Um, I just, uh, you know, I've been busy um, being unemployed, which is ironically busier than it sounds. Um, yeah. And now that I, now I'm, now I have a job and I'm busy being busy. Um, but. I've got I got a great episode coming up for everybody. Um, I'm gonna try to spend time on it in between listening to these uh, pretty good fish concerts um, this weekend and try to get that episode out for everyone 
this week. And if it's not this week, it'll be next week or maybe the week after. No, it'll be sooner than that. It's coming up real soon. It's a great episode. Uh, we delve into some controversial shit. Can I say shit on here? Because I just did twice. You can say shit. You um, just said it twice. And yeah. I said it. So we've oh. said it three times. Wait thrice now. Anyways, you delve uh, into some controversy, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the best, all the best stuff coming from Broke Down Podcast, um, and uh, and I'm not even paid to say that because <laughs> there's no money. It's just a fun show, and uh, it's a lovely game, fun man. And so we get around to it uh, very soon. Well, I very love soon. Broke Down Podcast. Broke Down Podcast serves an incredible purpose and service for me, and that is if I ever don't know what I want to listen to with the grateful dead, but I know I want to listen to the grateful dead. I go to broke down podcast and broke down podcast. Even if it's an era, like I tend to hang out in 1973, 1974 and 89 to 93. Some pretty good rooms to chill in. Great rooms to hang in. But at some point you're like, Hey, I need something new and I don't know exactly where to turn and broke down podcast. will have like an episode, your episode in, january that i think had a um jam from 71 was it a 71 show that i'm i'm remembering correctly oh did, I, you should ask somebody involved with the program because i have no idea <laughs> whatever it was i was like i have not listened to this era of the dead and i'm <laughs> fascinated great. right now and that is that is huge oh man you should listen to all the 71 it's it's really distinct it's right before the 72 stuff gets all liquid and melty and great in its own way and uh but it, you know it's got it's good cowboy dead and I think it's represented on that new uh, box set they just put out, the St. Louis. I think there's a 71 show on that. But, there's uh, a great 71 show on there, 12, uh, yeah, 10, is. I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good year. Um, a lot of fun. Um, I did not play anything from the box set because we on Broke Down Pod, and by we, I mean me, stay away from all that commercially released stuff because we we're going into the nooks and crannies. And as they release everything, I am very much in those nooks and crannies because that just I'm you are the, you're digging the, shit the that, weeds that that uh dave doesn't want to put out <laughs> right right yeah and there's a lot of good shit that dave doesn't want to put out he hasn't got there play, yet. which is great he hasn't gotten there um man there's this 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 is a fish uh live stream but it should at some point turn into a dead live stream because i feel like we could go in a number of different directions here but uh, well, let's save it for the bonus episodes <laughs> we're gonna say that for the bonus content um yeah. before we jump into the show really quick i do just want to tell everyone out there about our presenting sponsor here sunset lake cbd uh, a company that we are not just telling you about every episode we really really love this company and i want to tell you why uh, they have a line of sp- smokable hemp products for the old deadhead the young fish fan that are searching for the mellow body high. So uh, smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis without the paranoia or the anxious side effects. Two things that have at times in my life driven me away from THC with nine different strains from this year's harvest. There's something for everyone. Hawaiian haze is awesome for an outdoor show. Cherry abacus is best for the end of the night. I know this from personal experience, which I'll tell you about here in a second. All the flowers grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD farmers. Even better, the Sunset Lake CBD farm-to-table approach gets you great pricing on premium CBD flour by shipping them directly from their farm to your door. There's no middleman involved there, and they come fast, man. They come really fast. I did not expect it to come as quickly as it did. Um, As I noted, I've been loving smoking grass 
for about uh we're going on 20 25 years at this point in my life it's just something i love to do all my good friends love to do it you know (laughs) like it's it's just one of those great pastimes you pass around a bowl everybody gets a little bit stoned laugh a little bit music sounds great it's it's a fun fun thing it's something i've always enjoyed doing but i have noticed in recent years that like i wanted something a little bit lighter and cbd offers me that it is great body high puts me in a mellow mood gets me in that zone i want to be in without kind of anything going on upstairs it's uh i i I can continue to work (laughs) i can continue to live in in the way that i want to i can cook in the way i want to while just being as relaxed as possible so i would encourage anyone out there who's looking for a little bit more of a mellow buzz check out sunsetlakecbd.com use the coupon code hfpod for 20 percent off all products that's sunsetlakecbd.com farmer owned vermont grown I got a friend who uh, I hipped him to some of their pre-rolls and he, he really enjoyed it. He was like, this is great. I can actually get on with the things I need to get on with without getting all high and uh, and feel but feel good and relaxed and has that, those benefits. And then he went and he used our code and ordered a whole array of their pre-rolls. Like the guy's stocked for at least, well, the way he smokes, at least a few days. Um, now, <laughs> he got a stockpile. Um, and he's really excited. I had a buddy over last night for the show and I was like, you got to try this man. And he tried it and I gave him a little goodie bag to take home with. And I said, if you like this, go to sunsetlakecbd.com coupon code HFPod, 20% off all orders. And with that, let's jump into fishes, February 25th. 2022 show um i want to set the table really quick john and i just want to ask you we did not talk yesterday but i know you've listened to the february 24th show give me kind of your 90 second breakdown of what night one was like and what your thoughts were going into night two overall night one it it, it was good of course um i went into it and listened to you know the very beginning uh they started with lizards, and I heard the kinds of things you hear at the beginning of a tour, right? It was a couple of miscues, a couple of misnotes. Lizards is a tricky song. Beautiful opener yeah. pick. So glad they went with it. Overall, they redeemed through the through the song. It sounded great. And uh, and then they went on to kill it. They went with MoMA Dance, which uh, has a little less in the intricacies and freaking Slade. And then they... Peaches? Okay, cool. What a great... It was, honestly, good set. Really enjoyed it. Um, I never needed you. Funky bitch was cool. The tweezer into Piper into Soul Planet into Meat into the Howling into Shade. Whoa, that segment was so hot, so yeah. good. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Evolve is nice. Um, the encore was a lot of fun. Um, I'm a big fan of the Maker from Jerry Garcia Band, I and mean, we talked about oh, yeah. this on our little uh, text thread. Um, I honestly had never heard Dave Matthews sing it. I'm not a, mm. a huge collector of the Dave Matthews catalog and uh, uh, performances, so I'd never heard him sing it. thought that was interesting. I wish they had kind of opened it up, let Trey take a nice, long, dreamy solo, but that's just me loving Jerry Band It is uh, and putting my own expectations on them. And a uh, fun tweezer reprise. It was What a cool, like, single setter. I mean, it, it had a lot of meat on that bone. So I yeah. thought it was a great way to open up the run. 
it did this really interesting Megan and I were talking about it yesterday. It has this really interesting balance of like it's billed as a welcome set, which you think means just like milling around kind of mingling with friends catching up. And Oh, by the way, fish is playing a concert, but like, and it had those elements, but also like they play that tweezer and they're bringing they went hard. They went really hard. That whole segment you referenced tweezer through uh shade and then evolve. And then like, you know, this, the, the tube just keeps it going at that point. Yeah. Like that whole segment of fully flowing, uh, segues, fully flowing, jamming reference points back to previous, like they're clearly listening. They're clearly on top of their game at this point. And I think the challenges aside of, I, I agree, there were some rough moments and lizards, but it also signified to me of like, if we're going to open with lizards, we kind of feel good. And we're going to, work our way through any sort of hijinks because we know that we're, we're at a point where we can play lizards for a song of the tour, which is cool. Uh, this band is human, whatever things happen. They yeah. make mistakes. They keep playing and they deliver awesome shit as well. So, uh, you know, I think there was a, there's an old song about taking the good, taking the bad, take the rest. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I always go that. back to that, to that moment. Uh, in the hotel room in Bittersweet Motel, where Trey's just like, people don't come to see us hit every change. It's all about the energy, man. It's like, you got it. Yeah, but but in 1994, yeah. we did. Yeah, that's but a that, okay. That's a whole other conversation. We can get into that. Anyways, there, I thought it was a really great set, great, great show. And as you said, set the table for last night. Sets the table nicely. So last night, they come out by my calculations 10 minutes early. I. <sighs> I was shocked to find out that showtime was 5.30 p.m. Mountain. I was like, oh, my God. We're like, I'm closing down my computer. We're we're into this thing. And I go upstairs and I get the TV all set up. I've got the pre-screen on. My wife's finishing up some work downstairs. And then out of nowhere, I hear that. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're, back. they're on. Called her up. Kids run upstairs. Everyone's all excited. And uh, we opened up with Santos. Uh, the first time that Say It To Me Santos has opened a show. Um, yeah, you, you kind of think of that as a, as a closer, right? Like kind of think of it as a closer. Zero-ish energy um, thing, right? I thought it was Ghost initially. And I feel like some of the members of the band did, which yes, would hit the first next song. But couple chord hits. Like, Trey wasn't like playing the distinct bits between the main chunk kind of chord right. I, I, I i'm not going to sing it or i'm not going to tell you what chord it is because i've never tried to play that song but um you heard it i heard it too today yeah. uh, when i listened this morning but that's all right they all caught on fast trey started playing the bits that distinguish it and it was a nice little version of say it to me santos i thought it was i thought it was a lot of fun I thought I had a great arena rock solo. Um, it just, it kind of just said we're here when we're ready. It's night two. Santos is one of those songs that it's really weird to think about it, but it'll be four years old in October. Like the, these casual rock songs have been with us for a significant period in time. We've heard it in enough places and shows. Sometimes it's an encore. Sometimes it's a closer to hear it here. It kind of felt like an old friend, which was nice. It's been here long enough that we have a sequel, honestly. So that's true. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so it, it was short, like, you know, here we go, let's play yeah. this. And then, okay, now we play the ghost. And I, I texted some friends this morning and I was like, by the way, last night's show was for real. One of them said, yeah, yeah, it looked pretty good. And, and I was like, 
don't sleep on Ghost in the two hole because, like, Santos is six and a half minutes long. Ghost yeah. is only twelve. Like, I I have. We're all guilty of this, right? You pull up the set list without hearing anything, and you see how long the tracks are, and you start to get excited about the 25-minute downward disease, and you see a 12-minute ghost, and you're like, yeah, that seems pretty routine. No, that doesn't tell the whole story. I was texting with someone as this ghost was ending. I feel like I've seen a lot of 13-minute-long ghosts that transition to a bliss peak, peak, and are done. And they're always satisfying, but like that one added so much more into that transition, like right out of the gates of the song closing into the jam, they immediately fade to like nothing and then just bubble back up, which is this technique. I keep noticing them using in these first two shows. We'll, We'll get into it in later jams, but like I heard it in the tweezer the night before I heard it in the tube the night before, and then hearing it here in ghost. Um, you also get page going over to the synthesizer really early in the jam. Yep. And it kind of had me thinking like, well, two things. One, they're incorporating these like past techniques towards tension and release peaks with 2021 jamming, this very synth heavy noise driven jamming. It also had me thinking like, maybe there's going to be a way as this year goes along that you can kind of gauge how great the band is feeling by how early page goes to the synthesizers, because <laughs> right. when he goes there, it's like, Oh no, we're, we're on like, we're feeling it right away. Right. And there's a couple points. Um, I've got them in mind for, to discuss a little bit later where, you know, pages pages leading from the synth. Uh, and yeah, the ghost, it gets just into a really beautiful space really fast. This is what, and I've talked about them on the show before this is what you want from a first set ghost like everybody you know imagines that ghost is a big second set 35 minute really this is this is what ghost does super well right here is that it comes in early they open it up and they close it but they really like find their comfort space share it with us and now now the show is on you know yeah, and it did this cool thing towards the end where like you're you're hearing this with a lot of fish currently. They could have kept going. They didn't have oh, to yeah. go into free. And I don't fault them for going into free. It's the second, third song of the show. Keep the show going along at this point in time. Felt right. But that to me was a signifier of like, okay, they they still have ideas coming out of these initial peaks. That's promising for the remainder of the show and for the remainder of the run. And um, they move into free again tray on the synth pedal at that point in time and i remember at one point they're in the jam and they the camera pans to trey and he's just playing this riff repeatedly while playing through the synth pedal and he just has this ridiculous smile on his face and i was like if i had a synth pedal i would just play the same riff over and over again like he's doing right now and just smile like it just sounds so cool and it must like feel really cool as you're playing it because it just looks like one of those riffs where your fingers just make sense on the guitar it's just like when you you ever you have a delay pedal just like when you sit down with a delay pedal and you just find a riff that fits right in with the timing of the delay and you fall into space and you can sit and do that for until your wife comes to the room and says please stop um shout out matt (laughs) lajoy 
<laughs> You're right. Matt LaJoy right, right. now. <laughs> well, I, I, I've, I've been known to do that right here. I've definitely, yeah. um, my previous job did it during some very long, boring meetings when I was on mute. <laughs> um, I would never do that in my current job. No. For the record. You guys are safe. John is um, alert. <laughs> no, you know, it's just... Uh, it, I get that you're gonna you just find a space. Anyways, I wanted to say about this free. I think Trey is just well, the whole band. They just they do exactly what I want free to do. Um, if it's not gonna be uh, the one I saw at Cap Center '95, then it should be like this. You know, <laughs> it should just kind of rage, get a little weird, deliver some kind of funky drops. Let Mike, you know, deliver some, you know, across the across the sound field, and then uh, you know, and then kind of get on with it so that, that it yeah. doesn't that this free is just shy of 10 minutes long doesn't feel that long no um and honestly back on the train which follows lays into just a perfect chill groove it feels longer than the like eight minutes that it really is and not in a bad way it's just like it's just kind of the right groove can stretch on for eternity even if it really doesn't and uh, i think they're it- doing that nicely it reminded me a lot the back on the train reminded me a lot of the funky bitch from the night before where you kind of have to listen for it but there's a delicacy to some of their approaches here they're not just you know jumping into a raging solo for the sake of like hey we got to throw some energy in here really taking their time and it's adding these unique features to songs that in the past have felt you know slightly by the book like funky bitches a blues song that like they tend to approach very, very similarly every time. And listening to that on Thursday night, listening to get back on the train last night, I was like, okay, they're attacking pretty much everything that they've written with newfound creativity and just like a, a, an additional sense of patience of we'll get there. We'll get to the peak. Let's just see what happens between now and then. That's often where the magic seems to happen for these guys. Um, I would invite everyone out there who's listening, who's hanging with us as we're going through these sets. Let us know what your highlights were, what your thoughts were on uh, last night's show, as well as Thursday. Feel free. No, nothing's off the table. We'll share these and we can we can talk about them. But um, the next song that we have coming up here, Haley's Comet. Man, what a life this song has lived. Like this yeah. song was a four-minute intro for so long and then it suddenly found jamming legs obviously 12 14 95 11 22 97 for the majority of the latter part of 1.0 and 2.0 every time it was played it was played as a jam vehicle uh excellent versions across the last few years of the 90s when it came back in 3.0 it was serving as an introductory you know, a, a song to introduce the next song in a lot of cases, always one of the most fun songs to hear live. It, it seems like we've gotten back to a place where when they play Haley's, they feel really comfortable jamming. And there was no question when they finished the lyrics of the song, they dropped out again, goes into that very chill space groove and just moves into a jam. What, what were your thoughts about this version? This version doesn't hang in my brain. I only listened to it once because I I missed the first half of the show last night. I'll be honest with you, I was at a family thing. My kid, you know, that happens. happens. Uh, so I I tuned in last night during set two, and then sat down this morning 
<laughs> I said, all right, time to watch fish. My daughter, my <laughs> 18-year-old daughter, whose name is Piper, says, ah, oh, dad. And I was like, yep, dude, here we go. And um, so I, I, I enjoyed the Haley's, but it's really like the song was a blip. There is a good jam. And it's really where they landed and ha- and the point, the transition into where it lands that sticks in my brain. That is what I remember from Haley's. Um, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But mm. so if you have more you want to say about the jam, you should say I, it because I want to talk about what happens when they where they go with it. We, yeah, because I think the transition is really interesting. I think the only thing I just want to highlight is similar to that space in Ghost, similar to that space in Tweezer from the night before, even Tube. Like this is where I'm starting to really hear there's a new thematic approach that that that, that I'm hearing. We'll we'll talk about this in set two as well. But Paige moves to the synths. Trey is just kind of like fluttering around, playing a really pretty riff, and it's like three or four distinct minutes that I had it on this morning and it didn't come across as well as it did when I was watching it last night, when it was like the focal point in the house, this was more background noise this morning while kids are getting food and I'm making coffee and stuff. So I want to listen back with headphones, but like my point is there that three or four minutes of just no rush. Let's just see what happens in this space. Um, I think it's stuff that's going to really come across well and re-listen um, it, it reminded me a lot. We'll get into it as, as certain moments within the down with disease and Karini as well. But there's, there's a distinct effort right now. It seems from a, from a listening standpoint for them to just be completely patient and just let the music just slowly guide. Um, they obviously then move up into kind of a percussive rock beat and what happens next? Yeah. They start shifting around that rock beat a little bit and, uh, Trey's kind of, leading well not kind of trey's leading them and you know i don't know if he's going there directly going there on purpose but pretty soon he finds it and it's like all right we're playing santos and he starts singing it and i'm not sure everybody was 100 percent with him when he started singing, but they they all follow caught on right away they were all there after you know after he's by the time he's singing and uh and okay so we have like a minute of say it to me santos and then a little more rock jamming, and then Trey lands on something else. And you can hear it. If you knew it's coming, of course, it's very easy to hear it. It's the second he lands on it. And Paige picks up on it right then. And he, you know, he's standing there facing Trey, playing on uh, the synth, whatever synth is there, facing Trey. And then he reaches down to the electrical piano and starts playing some rock and roll because he knows. <laughs> and uh, very quickly, they all dive right in and they uh, do a pretty competent rockin' version of Satisfaction. It's so cool. Like, you know, my wife walked in the house right that moment, and uh, and she was, you know, rocking along, and, uh, and I'm I'm laid back in my easy chair drinking coffee, and I'm rocking along, and you know, it was it was outstanding. I I yeah. I was in the car last night coming home from our event, uh, and looking at my phone, looking at the set list, and I was like, "Holy shit! They played Satisfaction." My son's like, dad, you know, <laughs> settle down, dad. Um, but I wanted to turn around and say, you don't understand, man. <laughs> but I, I spared him. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. That was really cool. It was, there was a moment you, I, I wonder if you caught it on the webcast where, you know, Trey sings the first line. I, I can't get no satisfaction. And he kind of looks at Paige because at that moment, like there's a new chord that's it that, you know, that the song like moves at that point. And he looks over at Paige and he just kind of gives him this look that like I just took as like, I don't actually know this song, but we're just going to try to figure it out. Yeah, right no, now. he's like excited because he knows that Paige yeah. is on the ride with him. Like, yeah, he's yeah. like, hey, we're doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. It reminded me of um, Dick's 2011. They opened the second set of 9-4-2011 uh, with uh, Rock and Roll. And they end, you know, they, they end up on this like repetitive rock beat. And pretty soon Trey realizes, oh my God, this has come together. And so he starts singing Come Together. And they haven't played Come Together since 1995. I think they've only played right. it once before. And they don't know the chord that they have to go to to transition into the chorus. And it's this clear moment of the band, like, we're just going to go for it. And we're probably all going to land in different places, <laughs> but we're just doing this. And uh, I think Satisfaction was delivered a little uh, quite a bit better and it, it turned into oh, yeah. they only sang one verse in the chorus which fine all you i don't need. need you to do the whole song like the thrill of you playing perhaps the greatest rock riff in 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 you know classic rock history is just enough for us at that point in time and it added to this energy it added to this random factor that is kind of you know a part of this run thus far where they can play a jam and it goes into another song and oh, we're now in a new song. It has this like weird 1994 segue aspect to it where it's just like songs are being thrown in for the sake of, you know, the, the, the song fits the jam rather than the other way around. And um, I don't know, I, I thought it was great. And we end up at that point in 2001, which rarely finds itself in set one but i guess the last two versions have technically been set one versions because uh, the last one before this opened up the vegas run and at that point like all bets are off they're just playing music yep. man yeah no um i i want to say i'm a little reminded uh by what you said reminded me of a point that matt dwyer made in his first appearance on hf pod back when he did the big tweezer episode and he's like you know there's, yeah. there's different stages of jamming and there's the stage where you you know you come across in the jam another song and you go for it and uh because you know you're just excited that you found this thing and then there's the other stages where you're just you know you're completely making up new music altogether and uh and this is past kind of all of these to where yeah. they, when they find a song, it's fun. There's, they have no need to like tease out the audience, be like, Hey, look, we could just jam into satisfaction out of nowhere. It's just, they're doing it because it amuses them and they are just, uh, you know, they, they, they're way many tiers above that thing that Matt was describing. Cause talking about like 93, 94, when he brought that up, um, and they are, uh, they're, it's almost like they they run that gamut in a show sometimes um, because well, I just had that thought too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that. That's such a. It's such an interesting thought. I hadn't considered it until you just broke it down like that. Like this show features this like older kind of entry level jamming of like okay cool we play a riff we dement the riff and then we find this new riff and that leads into a new song. And oh, cool! How crazy it is that we're we're playing the Rolling Stones, but then in set two, as we're going to get to in a second, like there's no need for 
any it's, gimmickry. Just, the, the entire barely point needs is songs. making new music. Yeah, it barely needs songs. Yeah. Um, 2001, Chalk Dust ends it. Chalk Dust doesn't go full type two, but has some like moments where it kind of drifts off the off yeah, the page. I mean, it's, and It's almost it's 10 minutes. It kind of gets yeah. a little stretchy, but it's, you know, type one-ish and good. That's, you know, it's Chalk Dust. It's they wild that like Chalk Dust can, do can just do that now. Yeah. yeah, they can do anything they want with that song. And I think it's great. And yeah, don't don't make it 30 minutes every time. Actually, go ahead and make it 30 minutes every time if you want. Uh, but you don't have to. And that's fine because it is just a great rock song, too. So we can take some of that. Um, I tend to love these versions of it and they play them every so often um, that it is a at its heart. It's a pure chalk dust torture where it ends at chalk dust torture. It's only eight to ten minutes long. But there's moments where they're almost teasing out to you that like, you know, we could do anything with this song right now if we wanted to, but we're just not going to, because we want to play this as a rock song, but they almost right. still can't help themselves to go into a different key and modulate for like 30 seconds and then come back because that in and of itself is, um, I don't know, like, as we're going to see in the second set, they can do that. It's like the breaks at the end of a proper Bowie, you know? Like if they yeah. play a proper David Bowie, and I don't mean a 30 minute David Bowie, I mean just a properly played David Bowie has his, those breaks at the end where it just starts to get a little bit, and then they get to play their theme, and then they get a little bit, and they come back to the theme. You know, it's like, and then when they were at the top of the David Bowie game, when they were spending all, you know, real energy in that song, um, they, you know, those things just drew out and suddenly yeah. you're 10 minutes later, you're like or eight minutes or three minutes or any time is not important. Uh, later, you're just like, oh, David Bowie riff again. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And yeah, they, they're just very comfortably flexing that kind of power in any song they want, maybe. Yeah. And I felt that like, to close the chapter on this set, set one, like I felt that about this whole first set that every song, like we said it about ghost, they could have extended the ending of ghost. They go into free. Why? Because that's what felt feels right at the moment. But like, it wasn't because of a lack of ideas, which songs are they good. used to songs are good. Yeah, yeah. But like they used to close out jams because, and I think Trey's talked about this in a few interviews, they felt like they had reached the end of their ideas at that point and they wanted to move into the next song. They don't seem to ever be out of ideas right now. And that part is really fascinating to me because it allows these sets to, I would never have written down this set list on paper. I would have never written down the tweezer through shade segment on paper and been like, I think this could work. So glad somehow it works. Went to the howling though on Thursday night. Like how how cool was that moment? That That was awesome. Um, All right. So the second set um, really quickly before we jump into this, uh, the second set is the second four song set we've seen since June 20th, 2004. The last one being October 17th, 2021 this now is starting. I don't know how often we're going to see these. Don't get ahead of yourself. It's just, they, they clearly understand that, Hey, at the end of a certain song, there's no need to start a new song because we've said what we need to say. And that's a very, very cool place to be with fish that they can say it with four songs with a bunch of music thrown into here. And as we're going to dive in, there is a lot of music in here. That's fascinating. Um, we get Down With Disease in probably its 
the trustiest, the, 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 the most reliable slot for Dowd's disease, the set to opening slot. I've seen so many of these. I'm sure you've seen so many of these every time oh, you yeah. get that base rumble. I'm just like, here we go. It's second set. It's the other thing I said in the car while seeing satisfaction because that set two had already started. It's like how that was from my first set was how are they already in set two? They started early, as you mentioned, yep. and 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 then oh, down with disease opener. <laughs> and my, even my wife, who's not the biggest fish fan, fish fan, says, "Don't they do that a lot?" And I was like, "It's uh, it could easily have been predicted for the run." Yeah, it's their not move. Crazy. Not it's crazy. Their move. It's fine. If I had uh, Down With Disease, I would open pretty much every second set with it. Like I mean, the idea that they have other songs to open a second set with is just amazing. Well, they could have played Drown, but as I said in the car, okay. also it's not 2009, so mm. um, <laughs> they they play Down With Disease. What are you gonna? Sure, why not? I mean, you're gonna is do it? it like this. F you if you're gonna complain. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is it. Right. Come on. I mean, disease has just like all the elements of what you would want to open a second set. It's got that like eerie rumble of, of Gordo big rock moment in the song itself, huge chorus, huge solo. And the solo sets up perfectly to go into a jam, which that to me, like they can do whatever they want to open a second set. But that to me is like how I would want any second set open. Cause it, it just, it, it, it walks you into there perfectly. Um, I thought we had a really ripping solo from Trey. He was just like, he was he, shredding. His like hair was banging everywhere. And he was playing the way he plays when, you know, he's just, he can't touch a wrong note and yeah. he's just on fire out front. Um, he gives a lot and everybody gets, you know, a go really through this down with disease, but you know, excuse me. Well, hiccup with my tea uh but he um you know mike opens a song everybody else kicks a bunch of ass but trey just steps right out front and slays his song which is what this song does as we talked about in our hoist episode a couple weeks ago it's just it's a it's a big guitar solo jammy kind of song yeah and uh and he shreds uh but then yeah they then they open right up into this jam and it's another one of those where they're just like down trey is like uh they do this again later in the set but you know trey just kind of grooves page moves to the synths and uh wow what this this is a journey this is that this one is it's such a complete journey that by the time they they like it I walked in the house in the late middle of the of the thing. I don't know the timings. I've really only studied it on the video, so I'm not tracking the timings of the songs. Um, but I knew the moment. Uh, like, I turned it on last night, and it was in kind of a blissy jam. Mm. And this morning, when I'm watching again, I was actually, I because I, down with disease, I was like, all right, well, I've already... I heard a lot of this, but at some point we'll get to the part where I've heard before. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start this crossword uh, jigsaw puzzle. And I'm laying out pieces, looking for edge pieces. And, and then I hear it. I was like, this is the part we walked in on. Mm. Like I knew it. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Very, like great bliss, just locked in bliss. Everybody's playing. It's not the kind of bliss where every trays laid out or whatever. Everybody's really playing really nice stuff. And, um, 
by the time it goes in a number line, which is a nice segue, I thought. I did too. You're, you're ready for that tempo, but also the like joy of that song like feels so good. It always does. I love this song. We defend it here on HF Pod because it belongs in, you know, everybody's A-list, frankly. But this is a great version. Maybe not quite as good as the one we got in uh, Vegas, uh, mm. just because that one, you know, was so well-earned. Uh, but it was really, it's a really nice, like, euphoric performance. Yeah, and it does something that we're just, we're, we've been talking about and we hear, like, they just kind of, they drop out and there's almost, there's almost nothing happening, but then you hear, and, and I go back to uh, one of my favorite jams from 2021, the Ruby waves from Eugene. There's a really good, like four or five minute segment where Fishman is allowing so much space while continuously playing his drums, but playing them in like a non-rhythmic style. I'm not a drummer, so like my my terminology may be completely off. But he's playing in a way that is not. Well, he's not. He's what he's not doing is he's not declaring the one. Right, right, right. He's playing so around it instead of going bop or whatever. You know, I'm not a drummer either, but I, I recognize that as a musician. You know, instead of hit, nailing the one and emphasizing the one, he's just kind of there is an open ended tempo. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's an ambient music technique. And one thing that I yep. love about that is they're all still playing. Like Mike is still finding really interesting riffs on the bass. Paige is locked in on the synths. And Trey is playing around either with kind of weird chordal like like moments uh, along with effects, or he's got a really, you know, cool little intricate riff going. So they're all doing something, but they're all connected and they're all just kind of floating. And you get that in the down with disease. You get that in the number line. Um, what, what, you said you love number line. I'm the same way. Like I just had a thought as I was watching it, like they're on this beach. It's 2022 past, you know, hopefully past the worst of a pandemic. They're playing music again. They've got a huge year of music planned ahead. Every time Trey sings, the only rule it be, is it begins. Like I think back to, could he have had any idea when he wrote this after receiving that email from Tom of what the only rule is it begins actually meant? Like, like think about all the things that it's everything for him, for fish. <laughs> and, and he, and he writes it like in his bedroom and, and it's suddenly like, you know, 15 years later, he's playing on a beach in Mexico with all these people. And this is their fifth time being in Mexico and all this great music is being played. It just, it kind of hit me. Um, but but the minimalist bliss bliss comes back and it it's starting to make me wonder. I'm starting to hear 2021 as being this like aggressive, in some cases cacophonous, disjointed type of plane that is leading into a little bit more softer edges in early 2022 jamming that reminds me ever so slightly of the way the funk from 97 bled into the ambient textures of 1998 and uh it's it feels like a cool place for them to be okay so you said this to me in a text and 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 i'm going to share with everybody what i roughly what i said to you which is yeah. like it it could be a trend 
there was definitely a lot of cacophony last year and Trey, you know, getting down with his effects and his echoes and the, you know, synths and just wildness and we freaking love it. And, uh, and he's welcome to keep doing it. Um, there wasn't a lot of that last night, uh, Thursday night. There was more of it on at this show on the Friday night show than there was on Thursday, but, uh, but it was tempered. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, I think it's just too soon to say whether we're trending, whether it's a real shift or if it's just, you know, uh, a fluctuation in the, in the thing. Uh, but, but I love the idea of it. Uh, I think that, I mean, this is what always, always is always the word I want to use. This is what often happens with fish is that they develop an idea, they go hard on it for a while, and then they kind of fold it in. And mm-hmm. it's in the bag of tricks, and they find different ways to use it, more subtlety. Um, Fish has never been a band to start with subtlety. Right. Fish has never been a band right. to lead with subtlety. They they hit hard on a thing, then they bring it in, and then they and they learn to use it in different ways. Um, and uh, even even ambient music, <laughs> they went big on that. Like, yeah, you know, like I had a whole set of it at Lemon Wheel. Come on, you know, but <laughs> but then they fold it in and then it's just another tool in the chest. And so, yeah, maybe that's what's happening. Um, yeah. That would be fine and good as long as they occasionally, you know, go full on synth wildness to fuck our brains up uh, every now and then. That'd be cool, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And I think the other point to it is like, they're always they're a band that's in constant motion. So right. what they're playing right now is based on who they are right now compared to August 2021. And there's elements of who they were in August 2021 that obviously they still are in February of 2022. And so those like original inspirations at that point are still with them, but they're always trying to figure out what, what's next. Where where are we going? Can we tinker with this? Can we take this and apply it here? And that may be what we're hearing right now. Well, that's what number line is about too, though. It's about the journey. True, it's about true. like, how can you, we're still doing this. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. all these things through these many yeah. years, you know, we're still doing this. We're making this happen. Yeah. And, you know, we're making different kinds of weird music and, you know, people come and listen to it and, you know, and it's, it, and, and all of us out there, it's the same thing. You know, we go through what we go through to actually be able to experience this every, you know, every time we can. Um, whether it. it be once a year or 10 to 20 times a year or whatever, whatever you can manage, you know, or just, just to be able to sit on your living room sofa and enjoy it. Um, Hey, I'll, I'll take any weekend where I can hang on my couch and watch some fish. It's yeah, a, it's yeah. a good thing. Um, so we, we get that jarring transition from number line right into Karini. And it is always like you talk about fish uh never goes with subtlety and karini <laughs> is like the song that every time you hear you're like oh my god wow right now okay all right we're whatever they played before like we're we're ready for it now um i thought it was I, a big I, set list call here i did too and i and i just want to say this is a moment like that i want to i want to call out something um is that me i think my mic is making weird noises you're okay, good now it's, it's you know what it is it's my phone um, oh, but I need my phone because oh. I want to read you something off of it um, because I'm very professional. I have prepared. 
uh, last night, a deer in Carini, Tom Marshall, our friend, your friend and mine, Tom Marshall tweeted, unpopular opinion. I don't love Carini. But this jam they just dropped into is D-O-P-E. Vape him if you got him. I actually I love Carini. I like I like the heavy, yeah. crazy shit. Okay, Tom doesn't. Um, but I just I thought that was that was fascinating to see last night. I thought it was cool and, and he's totally right. Like okay, if you don't like the song, we got the jams. And we uh, got the jams. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting this life that like I was talking about with Haley's, like Carini starts as this joke rock song the first performance is an amazing jam and then it's played just a couple more times in europe never appears in america until 12 30 97 and then appears again as a joke on 4 3 98 and is kind of sporadic through the last parts of 1.0 you have a couple really great versions 9 14 2000 i think um, even fish didn't think it was felt like fish and i i will yeah. tell you when i first heard it as you know uh a you guy who started listening to fish in the early nineties. I didn't think it felt like fish. No, fish really had to like find their way into even the thing that they wrote. Right, 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 now, right. Now yeah. Which got... is that risk of early 98 is, is such an interesting moment or of early yeah. 97, excuse me. It's such an interesting moment of like, okay, we're just going to go for this 2.0. It's still kind of a joke. Like I saw a couple versions and it, again, it was kind of like, Oh, fish is playing Karini. Not like this is a fish song. And it wasn't until 2011, 2012 that like they really started to figure out there's another place that we can take this. And ever since then, it's been one of the most reliable jam vehicles that we've heard from them. Um, and this version immediately moves into this like bubbly synth jam that I absolutely loved when it started into abstract psychedelia. You get an incredible light show from Chris. He like, he dims the band and just has the background lit up green. And so it's, you just see their silhouettes kind of bouncing and then it peaks and it's just like this, it's a stunning jam that could, uh, could have been 13, 14, 15 minutes stretches to 20 minutes. And they just, they're never out of creativity. I, I loved this performance. And I, I honestly think talking about it right now, this might've been my favorite jam of last night. It's really good. I listened to it again today. I watched it last night. Um, and it's funny. Yeah, I was, I, I mentioned I was putting together a puzzle and working on Oh yeah. I'm glad you put up this comment from Luke uh, Fishman, extra screamy during that Carini. Uh, yeah, it, totally. Fishman, Fishman yeah. loves his song, I think. I think gives him great opportunity to bash the shit out of his drums. Um and uh and he likes he likes to get screamy. Um but he um Yeah, they did that thing that we mentioned a couple times already where they just drop drop down, gets quiet. Trey starts kind of just chopping chords and Paige is leading. He's going full yeah. on, you know, Lord of the Synth and just like you know and it's it's beautiful and wonderful and uh and i i i lost track of time last night um and i i like really just had no idea where we were for a bit and then uh yeah, and they wrapped it uh, great great karini great version and again listening to it today um 
I had stopped doing the puzzle and turned off the video. I was like, well, I got to get ready. I'm going to do a podcast. And, uh, and then you text me as soon as I turn it off right after number line, you're like, ah, I'm listening to this Karini again. I was like, oh shit, I got to do that too. <laughs> put it on, put it on my phone and I'm walking around with my phone in my pocket blasting just into one ear same. as I'm walking around the house doing stuff. And yeah, experience that same thing again with the, uh, the crazy good synth Lord sounds and then the um, what's the other thing I said to you at like eight minutes, you know, they're yeah, that was when they do it. It's like eight minutes in where Trace going chicka, chicka, and uh, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful sounds from them. Um, well, it speaks to what we were talking about of like set one has great improvisation, but also includes songs within the improvisation. Yeah. How do we fit these songs or how do we fit this jamming into these songs? And set two, and this is why people focus so much time and energy on like, are they going to play a four song set? Is it, you know, what is it? It's just, there's something about when they only focus on four songs, the music just like bleeds out and it's all new music and it's all new ideas. And you get this interesting comparison between set one and set two of both are excellent but both showcase these two sides of fish where one side wants to play some songs and have some jamming accompany it. And the other side just wants to jam. And that is kind of like a perfect recipe for a show. Like I, I can't imagine a better structure in some cases. Like I don't think last night is like the best fish show ever, but like structurally that kind of gave me everything I've ever wanted. It's ideal form. Yeah. You know, there may be a couple songs I would sub in, sub out in, totally. in making my like, I, perfect show or whatever, but I don't get to make the show. Fish makes the show, and <laughs> uh, and it's I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I do wonder, like again, like where are they now? Like if I had a good opportunity to ask Trey some questions, one of them would be like, "Are you guys still not analyzing? Are you planning anything? Like what? How much are you planning preset? Like yeah. do they walk out there and say, let's do you know down with disease?" And then nothing else? Do they walk out right. there and, sit, and and decide once they're out there? Because we've heard updates and we've, we've talked about it over time in 3.0, you know. Uh, but I got to feel like I have to imagine that that changes a little bit for them over time. I I, I would believe they're probably not doing the analyzing thing still, other than you know, you know, your normal self reflection. Um, but yeah, I wonder. Uh, can we talk about a song I heard the ocean sing? Absolutely. It's the uh, next song and it's, oh, it's a great, great version. Go ahead. I, yeah, exactly. It is a great version. That's part of what I was going to say. But the other thing about it is that, um, you know, two things. One, I've only ever seen one version of this song. So what the fuck? Mm. But um, <laughs> they, I always miss it. Uh, I saw it in, pittsburgh or whatever in 2019 but they it's um, only been played 42 times so it's yeah it's, but it's still it's, song. it's not cool they keep skipping yeah. me uh but <laughs> more importantly this one gets to a certain place that i always want a fish fish jam to get to which is the point of which i was listening to it today i had no idea what song i was listening to yeah they were really there and I was really right there, and I was like, I was listening, I was enjoying, um, 
I was like, this is fucking great. What am I listening to? And I pulled out my phone to double check because I, I don't know, my, I lost it. I lost continuity. Yeah. And they just, they kept going and took it to a really great distance and in only 14 and a half minutes. God damn it. And it's good. shorter because uh, I think the last two right. minutes are, um, Trey thanking oh, right. uh, the crew in Mexico and stuff. Um, so I think it's 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 like an eleven or twelve minute long version. But what the hell? You're absolutely right. <laughs> they, I I was writing down. I'm just pulling up my notes. It was scronky. It was shoegazy. It goes into this big arena jam. It like everything this song can do. Yeah, but then it loses. It, it moves beyond the a song I heard the oceans. Uh, a song I heard the ocean sing theme. And I was listening to it again this morning. I was just like, without any effort, they, they kind of just decided it, it sounds in the moment that this is going to close out the set. So let's bring it into a major key and really stretch that and then end it on a high note. And it did it in a way that I, I there's no version of a song out of the ocean saying that I can compare this to, because it's completely unique in in its overall structure. I don't think that it ever went back to the, Wow, 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 you know, the closing yeah, coda jam. Recall. I think it like closed on like just a big chord. And I I'm a huge fan when they do that, when they don't think that they need to go back and close something out properly. Instead, just let the jam that you found close it out. And that's the that's the statement at that point in time. It's a hell of a statement, I think. Uh and then Trey, you know, come out and gives everybody the the broad gives the thanks and the broad appreciation the kind of thing you might think we would be reserved for the end of the run but they're just so stoked they, they've had a good set they've had a good show and he's like yeah this is great I'm so glad to be here thanks for having us don't lose our number <laughs> yes <Yeah, as if. laughs> um and then again i'm going to jump into the encore again they go yeah. with the very patient i think very patient velvet sea it was a beautiful yeah. velvet sea they could have ended on that, no problem. I mean, I would have thought it was a little early because it felt so early <laughs> yeah. um, on the clock, but there was plenty of show had happened, so there was no lack thereof. Um, I thought it was a beautiful version. Um, I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was, yeah. to your point, like the patience that they're taking with everything, applying it to a ballad at this point in time is it's the right move and about like oh God, yeah. velvet sea at that moment as, as predictable as it is that you're going to play a song. I heard the ocean sing and waiting in the velvet sea next to the ocean and free just do it. And, just lean into you know, it. That's fine. Let's everybody who goes to this has to know that those songs are going to come up and they're going to come up. Why? Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Dancing on the beach. Like Trey's going to mess with the lyrics of down with disease. Yeah. We're going to get sand in play. Like all these songs are going to happen. Of course. In, and it's, that is, that is the band almost applying. Like they do this at Dick's a lot where there's so much history built into Dick's that they'll play past references to past jokes when they're, yep. when they're there each year. And Mexico is kind of becoming that in a sense. It's the fifth Mexico run. They have enough built in like, hey, we're playing sand. Wink, wink. You know, we're on the sand. It's pretty funny. But also we're going to play a kick-ass version because that's what we do. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to Mexico to hear a song I heard the ocean sing again, aren't I? That's what you're going to have to do. That's where they guarantee to play it every year. <laughs> My Spanish uh, we go into Antelope then. and What? Yeah, I was like, really? Okay, cool. I did not and see that coming. I was a little surprised. 
I was a little surprised. It was great. I, I it was a good version. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you I know? predicted anything at this point in time. I just kind of was going <laughs> with the flow. And Antelope is such a great encore and such a killer way for them to close out a show because it gives you kind of there's a surprise. There were no glow sticks because it doesn't look like glow sticks were flown in. But, um, you know, you just get like the crowd, <laughs> you get the crowd energy in a way that Antelope is one of those songs like Bowie, like these, you know, classic fish songs that is only really capable of truly, truly giving us. So um, I thought it was a good encore. I thought it was a good close to a show, a proper close to uh, night oh, yeah. two in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that when I think of a fish show, I think ending on a ballad is fine. And on mm. doing a ballad only encore is fine for a fish show, particularly a really good fish show. However, yeah. it's not typical, but also this is Mexico. It was what nine nine o'clock. <laughs> so you send yeah, every, you, guys, you send everybody back to the hotel to party, and so yeah, let's send them out rocking. Um, and we got two more nights, two more nights, Jesus, two more nights, yeah. Oh, good God. I'm going to be a little <laughs> tired come Monday. Good thing they start early because otherwise I'd be really tired come Monday. Yeah, the the Sunday show starts at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm going to be like oh, wow. mid-afternoon. Like that is a peak time of like kids are in the bath, meals are being prepped for the week, house is being cleaned. Like you guys there's are so much happening organized. in my house. I'm like, what is that, 5 p.m.? <laughs> I'm going to be like... I don't even know. I can't even figure. Five, it might be might be time for a beer. I don't know. That's about the only thing you could care. That's a good, that's a a good beer five. time. Yeah. That's a good beer time. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we close out night two. I think that this has been a really strong run thus far. First two shows have been a ton of fun. Um, a lot of surprises. Some really great moments that I already know musically. I'm going to go back to and listen on repeat to kind of figure out what's happening in the months between the Mexico run and the MSG run in April. This is kind of exactly where I feel like you want to be two nights into a four night run. You know, it's there, there's still songs on the table and the music that they've played thus far is encouraging to the point that it, it feels like something. I don't want to predict anything, but it feels like they still have more to say musically, which is a really cool space to be. Yeah. You should put up this uh, last comment that we have here because I I'd like to uh, transform this into a prediction. Uh, shout out to Stacy who got her first Mercury in 2017 da while dancing in the ocean. That's rad. That sounds like a pretty good time. Great, and uh, here's hoping that we get one of those tonight. Maybe tonight? I would love yeah. to hear a Mercury. Yeah. I have no reason to predict anything, uh, nothing on the, no, no stakes, n no information, but that sounds like a good call. Let's hope, let's hope they play that. That would be a lot of fun tonight. Big time set to Mercury. Let's do yeah. that. That's uh, that's a good thing to, uh, to put out in the universe. Um, well, we will be back here tomorrow at the same time. We're going to have a special guest here tomorrow, uh, one of our good friends, uh, Mr. Ben Greenfield, who you oh, many yeah. of you know on Twitter as at Guy Forget OPT, is going to be joining us uh, to talk through night three in Mexico. So that should be a ton of fun. But we'll be here tomorrow as well as Monday. Um, I can't wait to watch the show here this evening. Um, I'm guessing you and I will be texting and uh, enjoying this as we're as we're going through 
the last two nights of the Mexico run. Um, before we leave, though, John, do you want to tell us one more time about our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD? Absolutely. Uh, Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located just outside of Burlington, Vermont. For years, Sunset Lake was a dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. And in 2019, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. Sunset Lake CBD embraces Vermont's tradition for land stewardship by using sustainable and regenerative farming techniques. And to build build and protect healthy soils, they're 100% pesticide-free. They use minimal tillage, implement cover crops, crop rotations. They also serve as a research farm for the University of Vermont agronomists. That's a fancy science word. So they're in fancy science too, to study hemp and inform best industry practices. Look, I, 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 some people would say that I'm not old enough to be a hippie, but I, uh, I am a little bit like a hippie in many of my beliefs, practices, and among those are belief in protecting this planet and growing crops sustainably, and taking care of what we have uh, while we have it. And I really like companies that, that do that. And Sunset Lake is one of those. Also, you know, I like their products. Uh, we've talked about it a bunch, but, you know, I have on my desk their Hemp Sav, which if you're watching, you can see it right there in my hand. It's got a little arnica in there too. And I use it on my hands. I've got, you know, arthritis and it, it helps. Just a little, just a little help. It's all you can ask, right? It's, it's nice, and it, and you know, it feels good too. Um, so, I, you know, I I am a user and believer in this stuff, and I, I especially like that it's coming from somebody who takes care of the land that gives them what what we use. Uh, so, you should check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com. Use our coupon code HFPOD for twenty percent off all products. That's Sunset Lake CBD. Farmer owned, Vermont grown. And there it is. We will see you here tomorrow. One last reminder for today to please subscribe to Osiris Media on Apple Podcasts to get ad-free content as well as to get bonus episodes. We put out a bonus HF Pod episode earlier this week. We'll have another one coming probably next week. A lot of good stuff from the HF Pod team. Um, we may actually see guys more of you uh, in the coming months and weeks. Uh, there's there's a lot for us to uh, to discuss here, and we're realizing that. Uh, Perhaps one day may not be enough. So stay tuned for a lot of cool potential uh, new information from HF Pod. That's a pretty wild non-announcement announcement right there. Non-announcement announcement. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, We will be back, though. We know this for sure. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern to talk through night three of Mexico. Very, very excited for that. You bet. Till then, John, have yourself a great Saturday, and we'll talk here soon. See everyone.
Osiris. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. <laughs> 